and welcome. This is Inexperienced. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Inexperienced. This week we're joined by cybersecurity professional, Laura Jew. Say hi, Laura. Hi. Uh, She is a fantastic marketer uh, across um, a wide breadth of industries, but currently working within cybersecurity. Um, I'll hand over to Laura to introduce herself to you all. Thank you, Sarah. Um, well, hello, everyone. Um, it's my first time um, appearing in a podcast. Um, usually, I'm a consumer of, uh, of podcasts as a, as a medium. So I'm very excited when um, got very excited when Sarah introduced um, me to her new project and invited me to come along to this particular episode. Um, so like Sarah said, my name is Laura. I currently work in cybersecurity, um, focusing on the marketing and events and communication side of things. Um, and a little bit about myself, I am currently um, living in Brisbane. Um, I have lived in various different places, but Brisbane is now home. And um, a little bit about myself, um, my background's Malaysian. I went to college in the States, so I've lived and worked there and then lived um, for about 12 years in Sydney and moved um, recently to Brisbane. And I actually have a background in science, but ended up doing a postgraduate um, degree in marketing and events and currently um, have landed myself in the world of cybersecurity, which is um a whole new area for me and I've learned so much in the past couple of years and feel like I can proudly claim that I belong in the industry um, now and I need one of those um, stickers that says I belong in tech because <laughs> I do. I love that. Um, Laura, could you give us three very interesting facts about yourself that maybe not everyone else would know? Um, I think one of the things that is that people find really interesting is the fact that I, I um, have a science undergraduate degree because I think a lot of people haven't really picked me for a person who loves science, but I do. Um, so that's one really interesting thing about me. The other interesting thing about me is that in my personal life, I've um, also dabbled as a cafe owner. Um, my husband used to own a cafe um, that was really successful in Sydney, actually, and that was a really um, exciting period of my life where I was literally working seven days a week, you know, five days in my so-called normal job and then um, two days on the weekend help, helping out. Um, so I do have a secret background as a, as a barista and hence I'm <laughs> quite picky about my coffee. Um, <laughs> so that's given me, yeah, sort of uh, uh, an interesting background in terms of, yeah, looking at businesses and cafes and things like that and just kind of thinking from a from an ex you know, cafe owner perspective. And I think a lot of people um, don't really know that about me. Um, yeah. The fact that I did help um, in the cafe business as a, I guess as a silent partner, but also um, as a barista and, a, you know, waitress essentially at the cafe. Um, and the third interesting thing about me um yeah, you know, I've, I've mentioned the fact that my background's Malaysian. I went to college in the States. I lived in the Midwest in um, a state called Wisconsin, which a lot of people are like, where is that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's in the Midwest. It borders um, Canada up north. And uh, I guess the closest city that a lot of people know would be Chicago. So that's the other interesting thing about me. Um, for people that don't know about that, time of my life. I am a, uh, what you would call a cheese head, uh, <laughs> a very loyal cheese head. What does cheese head um, So essentially when you, um, when you attend college in Wisconsin, so Wisconsin is the cheese state. Um, and one of the, I guess, uh, 
symbols that are associated with Wisconsin. Well, there's two things, the Green Bay Packers and being a cheesehead. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, having attended college in Wisconsin, I'm also a very loyal Badger. So um, <laughs> that's what you would call um, someone who went to college in Wisconsin, you're a Badger. Um, so yeah, for people that um, have only met me um, since I, since the move to Australia, I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, I had that past background and I was, yeah, I'm a loyal cheesehead. So <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so keeping that connection. So a very serious question for you, Laura, um, is can you make shapes when you make a coffee with the phone? Oh, latte <laughs> art. Um, yeah, well, um, I guess these days without having um, that much practice, probably a very simple love heart. Um, that's but, good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> But back in the days, you know, pre-children and, and back in that peak period of working um, seven days a week, um, I could probably etch like a really simple latte art tulip Ugh. is what they call it. That um, is amazing. <laughs> I have not done that um, for the past five years. So I, I, I don't know that I can still achieve that, but a love heart. Yes. I probably. make a mean circle. So <laughs> it's very good. Hey, it's a taste that matters. <laughs> It doesn't taste latte, very good. <laughs> the latte art is is obviously a um, a skill that people pick up um, after lots and lots of practice. It's oh. the, the, the folding <laughs> and the you know I think the equipment is um, is very important when it comes to latte art. Like you, yeah. you you need to actually have the right equipment, and without a commercial grade coffee machine, I think it's going to be. Bit difficult. Well, that made me feel a lot better. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, wow, what an awesome introduction we have from Laura. So now we're going to move on to the very fun part, which is going through some awkward interactions, situations, and stories that Laura is bringing to the table from her career and how it's impacted her life, mm-hmm. as well as um, how she would recommend others go through similar situations in the workforce. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. So one of the stories that I have discussed with close friends um, and colleagues in the past is um, the one time that I was offered a um, a really great role, um, essentially. Um, so to give you a little bit of context, Sarah, I um, previous to this role, I was working um, in the same uh, industry and company for, I guess, close to six years. Um, I was, however, at that junction in my life where I realized that if I wasn't going to be making a change after six years, you know, my resume would probably, um, look a little bit stagnant in that, you know, I was kind of, yeah, you know, within the same division I had, um, Increased responsibilities, yeah, essentially within the six years. And I was, I was actually given a different portfolio and I was given, um, a promotion essentially. But, you know, I reached a point where I felt like I was pretty much, um, reaching a, a somewhat of a stagnant point. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was discussions within my family that we were going to be making a move and, and leaving Sydney because essentially it was going to be a bit too expensive for us to raise a family. So it boiled down to, you know, that crucial point in my, in my career, uh, trajectory where, you know, I made this conscious effort of, um, wanting to find a, um, a different role, um, within the same sort of, um, umbrella industry, essentially, 
Um, but I needed it to be specifically a 12-month contract role because um, we were planning a big move and we were relocating. Um, the goal was to relocate from Sydney to where I currently live um, in Brisbane. So I went for a job interview and it was a perfect fit. Um, it was a 12-month contract role, which is um, perfect in terms of timelines. Um, my first and second interview were great. You know, I, I um, the first um, interview was with um, my direct manager and then the second interview was you know, someone um, who was basically uh, lateral to my direct manager. And, and essentially the third step was basically sealing the deal. And so I went in for the third interview. I got offered the job um, by the director, basically the, the highest person in that division. Mm -hmm. And essentially the conversation went really well. But at the end, towards the very end, it was a full-time role. And by that time, I had two very young children. Um, the director, the highest director of this division said to me, um, you know, congratulations, you know, we're really looking forward to you starting this role. But I have to ask, how are you going to find juggling two very young children under three with a full-time position? And by that time, you know, I, I, you know, I was a bit stunned because, you know, it wasn't, I guess I was a little bit naive because I'd never yeah. been in that position before where the issue of my personal, um, life outside of a work scope had ever come up yeah um and it's and, almost inappropriate yeah, and it's almost you know it was um it was almost sort of a, a a moment a pivotal moment for me because I was really caught off guard because the person's um the person's deputy director um I guess she well I can reveal now that it was a male and a female and the and the female so the deputy director deputy director actually gave me a look and was just like you know he shouldn't have been asking you that question. Yeah. And I feel for you. And there was a, you know, probably a rough 15 to 20 minute um, second, you know, gap of silence. And I, yeah. I essentially had to cobble up this, what I now reflect probably is, is quite a poor answer. But I basically I said, you know, um, I've worked in, I've, you know, I've worked as a full-time um, staff for, um, you know, since my first child, I've, this is not a, it's not, uh, this is not a new experience yeah. to me, yeah. you know, I, you know, before this, you know, I did go back to, to, um, my old job, um, full time. So, you know, we've got systems in place and, mm. and, um, and also it's none of your business. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that never came up and I, essentially I should have said that, um, in hindsight, but I, I, I basically said, you know, um, my husband and I, we've got, you know, we've got a system going and, and we're a big believer that the system works. And, um, I, I think not, um, coming into a new role where it's also my first, you know, I guess my youngest being my second child, I, I sort of <laughs> knew what I was getting into essentially. Yeah. And I, I just felt, you know, after that awkward conversation, um, I walked away and, you know, I was offered this job and I was really excited to, to, um, to start it within, you know, the next three, four weeks. I am not going to lie. I walked away feeling like that was really awkward yeah. and I shouldn't have, yeah, I probably shouldn't have been as naive and yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, um, I think the one lesson though, like after having, you know, I walked away and then I had that conversation and debrief with close yeah. friends and, and I said to them, you know, could I have said something different? Yeah, you um, were reflecting. Yeah, yeah, I was reflecting. And I think I think if I, you know, in the position that I am now, you know, my youngest is now four, so it's been a while yeah. now. It's been a bit of a gap. And I think what I would say to anyone in that position um, is, you know, <laughs> obviously 
A, it's inappropriate. Yes. And I wish yes. I, I probably, uh, yeah. I think in hindsight, I wish I had that um, uh, ability, ability to kind of say to them, I don't actually think that's an appropriate yeah. question. But you second, <laughs> but, yeah. in those situations, you second guess yourself, right? Yeah. And you think, yeah. was that inappropriate? Was that inappropriate? Should I have or said is that, yeah. yeah. Was that um, in the context of small talk? Was, yeah. the, was the person just trying to get to know me? Or mm. um, So, yeah, it's a little bit of a, it's one of those awkward conversations mm-hmm. where it's been a little bit pivotal in, in, in the way that I've um, conducted myself since then. Because yeah. I feel like um, since then, you know, I've had, I've had a couple of other um, jobs having, you know, um, relocated to a new city. Mm-hmm. And I've always been, I think since since then, the interviews that I've attended, I think I've been quite conscious of the fact that um, even though I don't try and portray myself as, you know, um, mother first and foremost, mm. it does come up subtly um, in conversations because yeah. I think it's quite um, important that people get to know you, not just as... Um, who you are when you're presenting yourself on your resume, but also as a person. So it's a bit of a delicate balance. Yeah. I am quite often envious of my husband who doesn't necessarily need to bring out these factors yeah. when he's interviewing for a role. But um, I guess it's one of those societal um, norms that, you know, I think we should, the more conversations we have, the more... Um, It'll shift. It will shift. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so that's that's one of the awkward conversations I've had that has, has really... Um, stay with me. So yeah. how would you recommend to people um, if they were, say, going through that same situation, mm. what would you recommend that they say? Mm. I think um, I think my recommendation will still say, will still remain the same. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, every family and every, um, uh, every partnership is different mm-hmm. um, and people have their own ways of coping and whether it be relying on family or relying mm-hmm. on, you know, um, uh, both partners having um, maybe perhaps like a part-time load and sharing that load. You know, every partnership is different. And mm-hmm. I think what I would say to a person, um, whether it be an account, uh, an acquaintance or, or a friend or a, or a colleague who, you know, if they do encounter the same situation that I was in, I'd say, you know what, like the best answer is to just be honest and say like, you know, you're working your way around what works best within your partnership and, hopefully it is equal but even if it's not equal um you you know within that unique partnership you find a way that to make it work yeah whether like i said whether it be relying on a Mm. on family support or like um, the traditional daycare system or you know just leaning on um employers or workplaces to be a little bit more flexible with Mm. um the deliverables of your work you know maybe it doesn't have to be within the nine to five scope maybe you know you can be a little bit more flexible with your caring duties and then you know you you take your laptop home and obviously it depends on the nature of your work so i think my advice would still be to remain true to yourself perhaps not leave that big of a gap (laughs) so 20 seconds yeah um and I guess, yeah, I just, um, I have these conversations quite often if, if they're appropriate with, with people, because I think it's really important because no one's really had that conversation. I realized then that no one had actually, um, had that conversation with me mm-hmm. as a person, um, as a friend, you know, I, I've had at that point, I've had a lot of ex colleagues or friends who were in the same situation, you know, working moms, but we've never really had this conversation, right? So, you know, when I was caught off guard, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep having this conversation with mm. others, my friends, networks, colleagues, because I feel like the 
the more open you are, the more, yeah, that comes, like you said, um, the shift in conversation and totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily appropriate to recommend to people to say, Hey, you know, that's not an appropriate question because I guess it depends on the context. You Completely. Know, sometimes, yes. Sometimes, you know, you don't know what the power dynamics are. And mm. I think in hindsight, I could probably have said that in that particular context because, um, you know, the employer, I'll say it out loud, you know, I was offered a job at a university and universities are known as um, safe workplaces, you mm. know, workplaces that should be championing work-life balance and the understanding that people are, you know, staff members are carers in, in whatever capacity, whether it be, you know, caring for children or caring for parents. So essentially, I think, um, yeah, that that shouldn't have been a question that should have popped up ever, in especially in a university context, especially when they're championing the fact that they are, um, you know, such great work-life balance champions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought that was that was really interesting. Yeah, so. and I'm sure you're not the only one that's had similar <laughs> situations. You know, a lot of women probably face that as well. I think that'll be really helpful that they can yeah. hear. You know, yeah. they're not alone, yeah. I think, is always the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, when to bite your tongue, when not to. When not to. Yeah, yeah. And things like that. Context and, Correct. Um, I think to keep that conversation open, I guess, yeah. is the most important thing. But yeah, I was, um, I was very taken aback and this was, yeah about four years ago now so obviously still thinking about it yeah but I think um I think I've learned a lot from then um and like I said the art of interviewing is quite um it's I think it's quite a skill and these days you know people aren't often trained yeah people aren't often trained for it um on both sides you know whether you are the employer or the employee and um from that experience I've learned to kind of incorporate subtle um anecdotes about my Mm. personal life without being um without making it like the absolute focus yeah. as well. So again, like it's that fine balance. And I haven't really had any issues since then. Mm. Um I think when you're quite clear about, you know, your goals, your skill sets, um, and why you're the right person for the job. And then you subtly introduce personal stories or mm. anecdotes about your experience in your life. And you know, you subtly mention that, you know, you are in a hetero relationship with two young children. I think that all the stuff that's been said before that kind of qualifies you for the job as opposed to the personal side of things. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, what a great story to share. Thank you. Um, We're now going to go on to story number two. So story number two. um, Yeah. So one of the other things um, that, I don't often talk about because I I really think um, it's probably a bit unfair to our gender as in, you know, I'll say that right. I think, um, you know, women have, women are placed on this um, pedestal where you are, when you're working in a professional capacity, you, you are expected to meet not just the professional tick boxes, but you're also um, expected to meet, um, other societal expectations mm. when it comes to how you look. Amen to that. <laughs> the amount of times how I've been told to wear makeup. Dress. <laughs> yeah. um, 
And yeah, so this next story relates to a little bit of that. Um, I was in a position where I'd made the announcement that I was um, offered a new role, you know, um, within my my team and my colleagues. And um, everyone was really excited for me, um, bar uh, perhaps one person who, um, you know, after a lot of small talk around the parameters of this new job and new opportunity said to me, Oh, you know, one of one of the things that I I would highly recommend is maybe perhaps you know now that you've got um this new job and like you know obviously but salary was sort of somewhat discussed and I alluded to the fact that it was a higher salary. It was suggested to me that perhaps a professional styling consultation session um, at a big departmental store was something that I could look into as an option. Yeah. And, um, this is coming from, you know, a person who is of the same gender as myself. And, um, you know, again, like it was one of those moments where, you know, um, kind of, yeah, was like, well, okay. Um, yeah, that was, thank you. And uh, (laughs) so it got a little bit awkward and I guess it, yeah, I, I, again, it was one of those moments where, you know, I kind of reflected on myself and um, felt like maybe it was coming from a genuine place where, you know, they meant well and maybe it was just, it wasn't a, a put down as such. Maybe it was just, you know, a professional tip by someone mm. who's more experienced and obviously was in a more senior level to me and um, they'd gone through a professional consultation themselves quite recently and felt like it was very beneficial to them and perhaps you know it wasn't something that I should really be defensive about but it got me thinking um, and I think Sarah you said amen to you know (laughs) the start of the question you know it kind of it's one of those moments right where um this was post Julia Gillard as prime minister I think we all remember at the time when she was prime minister and no matter what fantastic move she did as a PM people would boil down to you know what jacket suit she was wearing mm. the lipstick she was like the lipstick shade she was wearing or her her haircut and I just you know I couldn't help but reflect to those moments not that I'm comparing my capabilities to former prime minister or anything but I just sort of thought to myself you know like a go me for securing this new job yeah promotion or whatever and b I did it without having to pretend that I looked like someone else or yeah I was just being me and but it did get me reflecting and and I guess as my career has progressed um you know I'm I'm really trying to find that balance Mm. of yeah, like meeting the brief for societal expectations of what a very successful professional woman looks like. And yeah. I guess, in, unfortunately, there is still that expectation, right? Correct. I think yeah. these days it's, you know, there, there is a little bit of a shift where, what's the word, um, professional athleisure wear is mm. like a little bit more acceptable. And I guess it depends on the industry that you work, that you, that you work in. Um, obviously, certain industries, um, perhaps unfairly, still expect you to, as a woman, come in corporate suits or like the full yeah. on, you know, made up, um, blow dried hair and like stilettos. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just got me into thinking. And I think the one advice that I would ideally like to say to, to younger professional women, um, you know, is to kind of maybe take it all with a great assault. I mean, course, obviously, yeah. <sighs> it's hard for us to kind of change society as a whole. Mm. You can only control certain aspects that you can control. And that's choices that you make with 
you know, I mean, these days, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more, I go for fashion that are, that is colorful. So it distracts from <laughs> like say a tired look on my face or, you know, I'm, I, I do make a little bit, you know, um, put in a little bit more of an effort with, yeah. um, with, you know, makeup. Like I, I, you know, don't go in with a full face or anything, but I am conscious of, um, conscious of the fact that mm. first impressions are very, are very important. Um, and yeah, I guess what I'm saying is like, if, if a fellow um, colleague or a younger um, professional female comes to me for advice mm-hmm. um, when it comes to things like this, it's just to kind of say to them, look, you know, at the end of the day, it's the quality of your work that matters. Totally. And yeah. Whether or not you want to, um, you know, invest, invest in yourself in terms of, you know, buying the expensive suits or whatever, that's up to your prerogative. Mm-hmm. But remember that it's, it's the quality of your work that needs to shine. Well, and it's circumstantial as well, isn't yes. it? Where, you know, if you're going to a client meeting, mm. you're more likely to wear makeup mm. or, you know, the nice outfits and whatnot. But yeah. if it's your day-to-day work life, I yeah. think you should be comfortable in what you're wearing. Essentially, yeah. yeah. And yeah, like there's been crucial. there's so many times where I've um, been told to, you know, you look tired or are you are you well? I've are had you well? yeah, yes. and I'm like, uh, actually I am. I just don't have my makeup on. Um, and there was yeah. one time where someone had said to me that um, I should go put some concealer on because I looked tired and it was a male yeah. uh, colleague and then yeah. I turned around and said, You should as well, you look tired too. <laughs> Um, and then that. they laughed, that. they laughed and they brushed yeah. it off. And I was like, don't say that to me yeah. because I'll say it right back to you. Yeah. So, and hopefully that, that colleague of yours, you know, the, the, or yeah, the, the male is, yeah. um, is a little bit more aware of the comments that they're making. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. Um, really it all boils down to like, if, if you genuinely care about a person, then it should come from a genuine place as opposed yeah. to, you know, aesthetics and the optics of so course to speak. and you know you may feel powerful with the full face of makeup and you and may feel power powerful. To you. Yeah. yeah you may power. feel powerful with none at all and with that's none, awesome yeah, yeah exactly and um one tip that i've learned from another very well-meaning friend um who i love very dearly she's like you know what um at the end of the day you know if you have a red lippy in your bag if you slap a little bit of that on, you know, that will shut people up. Yeah, it does. And, 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 you know, that was really, that was crucial for me. And from yeah. then on, you know, I actually went a step further and went to like a, 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 um, a boutique lipstick maker yeah. and made myself and concocted a shade of red for myself that I called LJ Red. I love that. <laughs> that is now a staple in my wardrobe. So I've got this red lippy now that is that is that that tool that you know my friend Adili said, you know, whenever people make a comment like that, you know, just slap on a bit of red lipstick that will shut people up. And it's really worked for me. And and I guess, you know, in some ways, you know, I started off um this this conversation, you know, obviously I was a little bit sort of um uh e- a little bit upset and maybe a little bit offended by the fact that I was told to find a professional stylist for a consultation. But I think, you know, what I've taken away from that is that um, maybe maybe I didn't need to hear that at mm. that time to kind of reflect on the choices that I was making in terms of presenting myself. And um, I didn't go the whole way. I never, I never ended up spending any money with a professional um, stylist consultation, by the way. But um, you have I great just, fashion, so it's fine. <laughs> so it, just, it just made me reflect a little bit more about yeah. maybe perhaps, yeah, maybe, maybe it is wise to kind of invest in key pieces and, mm. and, and that that advice 
by my very sage mm. friend about a red lipstick and having that on hand. Mm. That, you know, it, it's a very small tokenism, but yeah. it has helped me kind of, um, yeah, boost my confidence mm. a little bit more. And these days it's, you know, I've reached a, a, an age where I'm, you know, pretty, pretty confident in, in the way I dress and carry myself. Mm. So it's, it's very, um, it's not, uh, my confidence isn't, it's, it's very secondary to who I am now. So, yeah. You yeah. took an uncomfortable situation yes. and you turned it into a positive. Yeah. So yeah. good on you. Power yeah. to you on that one, I think. Um, well, that's all the time that we have for today, guys. Uh, Laura, thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy that you could share your experiences. And for all the professionals out there, we hope that you uh, got a lot of value out of today. Um, so. <laughs> I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Um, if you have any questions that you want to bring up or ask Laura or myself or anyone in future podcasts, you can now email as per my last podcast. I didn't have an email set up. Sorry. Um, I now do. It's called inexperiencedprofessionals at gmail.com because I don't own the domain. So, uh, please email that one if you have any questions and otherwise have a great week and we'll see you in a fortnight. Bye, guys.